God won't be outgiven. And look, we're going to talk about it some today, but you have, it's not just a luxury to harvest. You have a responsibility to harvest. He said, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. What does this world need if not repentance? It's the goodness of God. The reason they're hungering is because the church has not fed them. It is our responsibility to harvest now and in the day to come. Manna from heaven every day. That means I have it for today and I already know I'm going to have it for tomorrow. So when you plant seeds, you need to be planting with an expectation. Don't just put money in the bucket and go, well, I'm checking my box. Uh Uh-uh. You need to be saying, Lord, this is my seed into your fertile ground. It will produce a harvest. Not just spiritually, but physically as well. Because there's a world that needs to see your goodness. And they'll see it through me. Amen? Amen. Amen. God is so good. Y'all, I got so excited coming today. Like, I thank God I remembered my notes, but I walked out without my Bible. So I'm got, I got Granny's Bible again. So if y'all need to see the verses, I got it right here. You can see it from the back. But Granny's with me. Woo, it's a good, good day. There's going to be all sorts of announcements, and I left my phone. I just was all out of sorts today. I don't know why. Um, I left my phone in the office, so I don't have the announcements. Barrett's going to do them anyways, and there's somebody at the end. But look, there's lots of stuff going on. We had Women's Day yesterday. Did y'all enjoy that, ladies? I thought it was so cool. We didn't plan this um, on purpose, but I thought it was so cool. And by the way, y'all, that was really weak. Um, But I thought it was really cool that the day we have people leaving to go evangelize overseas, our ladies are at the Billy Graham Library just remembering and honoring the anointing upon such a man of God with a heart for souls. I was like, man, that's so cool. Holy Spirit makes you look real smart. I was like, we couldn't have planned that any better if we tried. We didn't try. So we got women's stuff going on. There's men's stuff coming. The Fathers of Faith uh, Conference is coming. We've got a sign-up for children's dedication all sorts of stuff going on, so just when she, whoever wraps it up at the end, just listen, because you're not going to want to miss it. Yeah. So, how you doing? Awesome. awesome. Who was Boomerang Church? Say, that's me. For those of you visiting, we are not your normal church, and we do say praise God for that, because a normal church in America nowadays is broke, busted, disgusted, watered down, and barely preaching the Word of God at all. We're not that church. If you want watered down, religious, check the box. I love you. I'll pray for you. I'll recommend several places you can go, but it won't be here. But we're not the church for everybody, and we understand that. There is a place everybody has been called to be planted. So you will love us. You'll hate us. You won't know what to do with us. Something in between, maybe all of them. Um, 
but we're going to actually be discussing today who we are. And I want you, both guest and body of Boomerang, to hear this. Because what is Boomerang? It's not this building. Boomerang existed before this building was ours. It's not the living room in which it got started. Like, we could have Boomerang Church on a piece of paper, but without you, there's no Boomerang. So when we say Boomerang Church is, we're not saying this building is. We're not saying a name is. We're saying, I am a house of love and prayer. I live in His glory. I live in abundance. I win souls, and I make disciples for Jesus. That's who I am. But if we don't truly get a hold of that for ourselves, we won't do any of what we're called to do. I was reading about this. uh, It was a really cool story. I was reading um, something somebody was telling about her grandmother had gone and she'd gone like to Lowe's or some nursery and she bought a bush and the grandmother saw, it was like a little sprig in it and because she's probably like my granny and knows every plant ever known to man, she knew this was a tree. So somehow while it was sitting there in the nursery, a tree seed had gotten in this bush pot and started to sprout. Well, the granny took it home and she lovingly planted her bush and she uprooted the tree and she planted that tree. Years later, this granddaughter was talking about this 40-foot tree that accidentally fell in this bush. You see, the fate of that tree was in its planting. It could have been discarded, but that woman planted it, watered it, and nourished it. And it's now a 40-foot tree giving shade to some, food to another. Who knows what it'll be if it ever gets chopped down and becomes, you know, something you sit on, a church in which you are undercover. But the fate of it was in the planting. Planting is not something that we can take lightly. You are called to be planted in the body that is designed for you. Y'all have heard me talk about it before. You take a palm tree to New York, it's going to do like me. It's going to revolt. Like, we ain't made for cold weather. Now, you bring us down south, and ooh, buddy, yeah. And what can it withstand? Like, it can withstand hurricane-force winds. There's not much that takes down a palm tree that is planted and healthy because it's in its right environment. We've got to be in our right environment. Psalm 92, 12 through 14 says the righteous person will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courtyards of our God. They will still yield fruit in advanced age. That means there ain't a single one of y'all ever going to be too old to yield fruit. They will be full of sap and very green. That means full, healthy, overflowing with all of his goodness. That's you. Say, that's me. me. Find yourself in Scripture. That's me. Like a tree, you have a specific purpose. 
You are not here by accident. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't even care what your mama told you. Unless they tell you you're here with a plan and purpose by this God, they don't know what they're talking about. You can bless their darling hearts and stupid heads, but God has a plan for you. He breathed life into you. He knew you before he formed you. He has a plan and a need for you. I need you. I may be your pastor, but I need you. I need what you have within you. The person to your left and right, they need you. Because you have a call upon you. I see people patting each other on the side. (laughs) But you're only going to discover that call and develop that call when you're planted in the proper fertile soil. There's no other way. That means you've got to be planted in the Lord and planted in his body. Marky and I were talking on the way here. I don't even remember what brought it up, but it was good. She was telling me about a message that she heard from Pastor Merrick. And I was like, funny, because you're basically preaching what I'm going to be preaching today. And that is that our identity in Christ is also in the body. What is the church called? We're called the body of Christ, right? So if you see somebody lose a thumb on the side of the road, you don't look at that thumb and go, oh, yeah, there's Bob. Like, that's a thumb. Individually, we're just a member. But as a body, we are Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are not made to do it alone, ever. This is why he tells us, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints. You can't have church in your living room day after day. Now, there's times you may not be able to get to church or whatever. That should be a rarity. But I can tell you bona fide from the Word of God, you're not the church when you're sitting home alone. You're not the church doing it alone Monday through Saturday. Do you don't know the church isn't just for Sunday? Whoa. Like... I am the church, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, all of them, all the days. I am the church. That's why I don't think there's, I can't remember the last time there was a single day that I didn't talk to one of y'all, either to pour into you or to hear from you, to hear a word, because I need you, and you need the anointing through me. Our identity is in Christ. But look around you. This is Christ. This is Christ. This is Christ. That's who you are, planted in the body of Christ. I was remembering as I was typing up these notes late last night, we've had so many times where people have come up to Pastor Brian and I and said, man, we haven't been here long, but we've started a life group, or we've started volunteering in this way, shape, or form. I didn't even know I could do this. I didn't know I actually like people. <laughs> y'all, y'all laugh, because it's probably one of y'all that said that. <laughs> Lisa, don't point. But seriously, 
Some of y'all, when I got planted, I found out who I was. When I got planted into this vision, I found there were talents I didn't even know I had. Y'all heard the testimony of Deb? Deb came with like medical knowledge out the wazoo. Like she had a plan, like a career path that was going to take her to the White House. Like it wasn't a small, I'm going to work at like small town, backwoods. That wasn't it. She had big dreams. None of them involved children's ministry. But the Lord told Pastor and I, put her there. <laughs> we were talking about, I said, is there another dead? I don't think she's going to want to do this. And the Lord said, I said who I said. I said, okay, yes, sir. And Deb said, is there another dead? <laughs> she said, I don't think I'm equipped for this. But how, do, how many of you know when you have the word of the Lord to do something, you are adequate. You are enabled and empowered to do the very thing he's called you to do. You see, before there's the vision, there's provision. Pro comes before. So whatever he's called you to do, you can guarantee the provision is already there. Like the provision for me to speak to you. When I found out I was preaching Thursday night, um, y'all remember what I said my last week, my last couple of days have looked like. It's been Lots of laundry, lots of packing, lots of store visits, lots of running. I apologized to Luke this morning. I was like, hey, buddy, good to see you. I'm so sorry I haven't seen you lately. I know you've been six feet away. So I found out I'm preaching Thursday night. Y'all know your pastor. Glory to God. And I said, well, hallelujah. And look, y'all, I'm a planner. Like, I like to have my plans Look, growing up, I'd get up in the morning, 6 a.m., getting ready for school. I'd come into the kitchen to get my cat and crunch. I'd say, what's for supper? Because I wanted to plan. I'm not cooking it. I want to know what I'm going to be eating. Like, I want to know how to plan. Like, I've been a planner my whole life. So to find out I'm not going to have time to plan, I'm like, okay. It is really weird how peaceful I am. But when God's ordained it, God's enabled it. God's equipped it. God's empowered it. And I read in the Word somewhere that I am an able and adequate minister. And I said, yes, sir. And y'all, I sat in my living room last night, and I'm like, I'm typing notes. Abby walked in. She's packing stuff, and she's running in and out. She's like, what are you smiling for? I was like, Holy Spirit is so good. She's like typing. I was like, he's making them. He's just flowing. He makes you look good. Because when he's ordained it, it's him doing the work. I typed it out. I may be his speaker box, but his words are my words. He makes you look good. The word planted, because I'm like, okay, let's find out what planted means. It was some real deep philosophical meaning. Right? No. The word planting conveys the meaning of being stationary and permanent. Look, some of y'all are like, mm, I got commitment issues. But when something is planted, 
It doesn't move around. It's in a fixed location. Y'all go to a nursery, them bushes, them plants, they're not planted, right? They're in a pot. They're in soil, but they're not planted. What do you do? You take them home and you plant them. You dig a hole. There's a foundation. You get the soil, the nourishment, and you plant them so that their roots can go deep. That's why the oak trees don't move. Y'all, what is it, a weeping willow? They got roots that go for miles. Palm trees, like these things with deep roots, they're not moved. How many of y'all have seen the church? Look, we won't get into it, but we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, Rona. Like what happened when Rona came through? Like the church, COVID, sorry. When coronavirus came through, many of the church were like, How many churches closed their doors? Mm. Like it won't 95%. In Stanley County, I can tell you, it was about 99.5%. But what happens when you have deep roots? You stand there and you go, COVID who? Oh. Like you think a palm tree curls up in a ball? When hurricane, whatever its name is, this time rolls through, it's like, please. I've been through 37 of these in the last year. Like, it it doesn't shake a stick at it. Granted, palm trees don't really have sticks. But we're not moved when we're planted. Because when we have deep roots, anything can come through, and we are firmly, firmly rooted in his fertile soul, nourished by the water of this word, growing and fruitful. He's not going to tell you to be fruitful if you're not nourished and planted in fertile soul, right? He's not going to, you know, pop your butt because you break and cave in when stuff comes through if he's planted you shallowly, right? But he tells you rejoice, and again I say rejoice. He tells us to be unmoved. He tells us to stand, and having done all, stand. Well, if somebody comes up to me, and I'm just, you know, sitting like this and pushes me, I guarantee you I'm not going to stand. I'm not the most coordinated person before Jesus. Hallelujah, I am now. Increasingly so every day. But as of 10 minutes ago, I wasn't the most coordinated of persons. So, you know, you come up to me and push, I'm going to at least lose my balance a little bit. But when I have a firm footing, it's like, I got you. Right? Like, I know I can take you. You know, what did you do with Red Robin, Red Robin? Armin or Red Rover, Red Rover? Red Robin's a burger place. Red Rover. You hooked arms, right? You made an impenetrable force. And I'm like, Look, I ain't coordinated, but I'm going to plant my feet. You know, some people are like, come on. I'm like, "Mm." come on. I'm getting planted. Firm footing. Billy Joe could come through, but they weren't breaking through. They were going to come a part of my line. I got you. Get down there. Right? 
Because what the enemy means for harm, God's going to use for my good. What he sends to try to break me, God says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to add it to your repertoire. That's a big word for this country girl. God's so good. He's like, watch this. But it takes being deep-rooted. Deep-rooted. He tells us in Jeremiah 17, 8, for he will be like a tree planted by the water, listen to this, that extends its roots by stream. Extends its roots. That means its roots don't just stay here. It extends its roots. It stretches wide its roots by a stream, somewhere where there's the living water, nothing dried up, not the Dead Sea. By a stream, I'm extending my roots to somewhere that has the water of the word, right? For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and does not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green. It will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. That means hell and high water can come. It can be named, you know, what the pig virus, coronavirus, whatever virus. We're going to keep yielding fruit because we have roots extended by the stream. This is who you are. Say, that's me. So you're planted, right? We got the washing of the water of the word, right? Fertile soul, right? We feast a lot, right? All right, so let's find out who you are. So what's our fruit? What are we to yield? We are a house of love and prayer. Genesis 127 says we are created in his image and likeness. Y'all all read that, right? I didn't make that up. 1 John 4, 8. God is? Does anybody know 1 John 4, 8 besides Barrett? God is? So if I'm created in his image and likeness, and God is love, what does that mean I am? Say, I'm love. Look to the person to your left, at your eyelashes, I'm loved. You may not have been loved this morning before coffee, but you love now. <laughs> when Pastor went overseas, was it Africa? I think it was Africa. When Pastor went overseas a few years ago, him and Stephen, that was Africa, wasn't it? And uh, <laughs> everything, like they are such, they're people of such a heart of honor and esteem. And they went to Africa and the Philippines. I don't remember which one it was. Either way, they kept going up to Pastor and um, Evangelist Stephen. They're like, Julov? Julov? Africa. Yeah. So, Julov? What they were asking is, do you love it? Because they wanted to give them things that blessed them. They honored the men of God coming from America, bringing the word. And they were such a people of honor. They are such sweet people. Y'all are hopefully going to get to meet Pastor Amos at Kickstart this year. Yes. Man, I love Pastor Amos. Y'all, Pastor went down to Florida to a minister's conference one year. And uh, he, yeah, you know, sometimes I get souvenirs. It's usually like a coffee mug. I put a 
stop to that because my counters are like kitchen cabinets are running over with coffee mugs. Don't give me coffee mugs. It'd be a t-shirt, maybe a book. No, no. This year, he brought me like a six foot five African minister. Like walked in, like, I'm like, hey, babe. And Pastor Amos is walking in. Hello, Pastor Wright. Such, oh my gosh, when y'all see him, you're going to fall in love with him the moment you see him. You talk about, and this is how we should all be. You talk about a man that exudes the love of God. Like, clearly, your pastor's not short. 6'2", he's not short. But Pastor Amos was, he towered. So it was not hard to see this tall man behind him. He's just grinning. And man, the joy and the love of God just exuded. And I was like, well, nice to meet you, Pastor Amos. You're not the souvenir I expected. And he lived with us for a month. And he was so wonderful. Such sweet people. Y'all are going to love him. I am rabbit trailing it out the yin-yang. But I get really excited about love. But that's who we are. Like, what a testimony that we're all the way over here in Podunk, North Carolina, and you got Pastor Amos over in Africa. Lagos, Nigeria is where he is. And we're talking about him because of the love of God that exuded from this man before he could even speak a word. This is who we're called to be. We're not called to be like Pastor Amos. We're called to be like the God who is love. Because that's what Pastor Amos and his wife Shade is, are like. They are love in action. That's why you're drawn to them. We're not going to talk about Shade. She is, Shade is sweet and spicy and woo, I can tell you some stories off the air about Shade. Look, America Church, American Church is watered down joke. Over there in Africa, they've seen some real stuff. Like, they've seen the demonic in action. They've seen people disappear. They've seen witches come down. And <laughs> Pastor Shade, she's bold. She's going to bless your heart, but she will not, though, snot out of some enemies. Like, she is bold. But how many of y'all know that's love? Yeah. Yeah. He disciplines those he loves. She is a fireball for the Lord. But I get excited talking about love. Here's why. Listen to 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to go 1 through 13. Is good. But I want you to listen to this. Because this is you. Yeah. Say, this is, me. this is me. You want to know who you are? You've struggled with your identity? Listen to this. Because this is who you are. God could have put it at the top. 1 Corinthians 13, this is you. This is what he's saying. He says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, you can talk all the heavenly talk you want to talk. But do not have love. I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I mean, you're useless. You are just obnoxious noise. If you don't have love, you can be reading these words. But if you're not reading these words in love, you might as well keep your mouth shut. Because love is the power behind this. 
He says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains. Like I can, I can move a mountain. You got a mountain in your life? Go find Sade. That woman, she can move some mountains. But if she does not have love, she's nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. It's kind of like we mentioned nonprofits during tithes and offerings. How many times you've seen people spinning their wheels? Oh, they're such a good person. They do this and they volunteer here and they give that. But they don't know the word. They don't know God is love. They're doing it most of the time because it makes them feel good. Yeah. It, why do you do that? Well, it, just, it makes me feel so good to give back. So you're doing this for yourself. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no. no, no. Why are you doing that? If it's not because, well, because God's love and God told me to do this, then it's useless. Like, they're giving all their stuff for no reason. They're giving their body to be burned, running themselves ragged for nothing. Listen to this. Before I read this, say, I love you, Pastor Nicole. I love Love is patience. Say, I still love you, Pastor Nicole. Love Love is patience. You know when I need to remember this? Behind the wheel of my car, going down I-85, when there's a person going 50 in a 65. Lord, you are patient. I am patient. I am patient. Hallelujah. (laughs) But why am I patient? Because God is love. This Bozo in front of me going 15 under the speed limit may be the very reason I don't get in a wreck two miles down the road. I'm patient because I know my steps are ordered. Look, if you get, and I I joke around, I use this example as my example because this used to be behind the wheel of a car used to be where I'd lose my religion. I could be all nice and sweet, but get me behind a car and used to, I'd be like, listen here, get out of my way. Driving past somebody going 15 under the speed limit, drop on, you're like. You got to see who it is. And I'm just going to say, look, (laughs) women, look, I love us. I am pleased to be a woman. But many times, they're either old, from another nation, or women that do not drive well. Like, it's one thing to find this cute little Chinese man who may not know the rules of the law of the road, or he's just precious. This cute little lady or old lady driving, that's what she's comfortable with. But then there's women. Look, I forgave all of us. I'm like, bless our hearts. That's why when pastor would say, baby, do this, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I got it. Because I am not going to be one of those women that you drive by going. 
But I'm telling you now, if you are now like what Pastor Nicole used to be, you need to repent. If we can't get behind a car on I-85 and stay a person of love, are we really love? Remember, love's not just what we do. It's who we are. What's our witness? Oh, they are just the nicest person, so anointed. As long as you don't get them in that Chevy Malibu, they're good to go. I'm like, Jesus is strong enough to raise the dead but not close your mouth and fix your eyebrows? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Say, I'm patient. I'm kind. That means as you pass that person... Thank you for keeping me from harm. Thank you for helping me to enjoy the finer, slower things of life. Kind. That means you got a smile on your face. Not a glare. And not that southern smile that says, Bless your heart. None of that. Y'all laughing because you've done it. Don't look at your wife and elbow her. (laughs) You know what? Praise God you're working on it. There's some people like, that's just the way I am. I can't help it. You low down, dirty dog liar. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Don't tell me I can't help it. If you can't help it, bring it to me, and I'm going to show you in the Word how to help it, okay? Say, I can do all things things through Christ, Christ. even behave behind the car. car. (laughs) See, I can preach this one all day long because that was me. So I'm talking about who I once was. Not anymore. All right, where were we? Okay, so we're patient and we're kind. We're also not jealous. Right? Right? So a few weeks ago, we had somebody have a car given to them, Right? We stood out here under the awning, and all of us were like, why can we do that? Because I'm in that same receiving line. Because she's a part of the body. That means she's me. That means I receive. When y'all receive, I receive. Why do we have the test the increase line? I want to know when y'all get increased. Because y'all, like, in the office, I can't tell you how many times I've been at work, and it's like, People are crazy. Look, I do HR, so I'm like people all day, er day. HR is basically secular ministry. Ministry is ministry. Ministry can be messy, right? I'll be sitting with my phone will buzz, and I'm like, who is this? I pick it up, and it says increase, and I'm like, mm. Like, I stand up and do a little dance. Because that means I just increase. We should not be jealous when we see a man or woman of the Lord get blessed because you were in that same receiving line. The same God that blesses you blesses me. If I am a tither and a giver, I got a harvest. And I call in my harvest. Now, if you ain't receiving stuff, you may want to check your giving. And it's not just the putting it in the pot. He says give in love, cheerfully. That means hallelujah. Not under compulsion. 
not begrudgingly. It also talks about if you've got somebody that's got like all, like you know, if you cussed your brother last week, don't you give that offering yet. You go and make things right with him. He says, be a person of unity and a person of love. So if you see people receiving and you're not receiving, don't get jealous, get self-aware. Lord, why are they receiving and I'm not? Get hungry to look like him. Get hungry to be the person that shows the goodness of God. Man, I can't, I don't have room to take it all in. I got so much, look, y'all, I got this testimony right now. I am not your typical girl. I know I look like it, but people make me look good. I don't like shopping at all. I don't know patterns and colors. I look at it. If it's jeans and a t-shirt and flip-flops, I'm your girl. That's all me. And you can ask Barrett. I prayed for 10 years. I'm like, Lord, I hate shopping. Like, I don't like malls. Don't take me to a store unless it's Christmas shopping. I really like that because I'm buying for y'all. You know, I like that. But I don't like fashion. I don't look at any of them fashion magazines. And I prayed for 10 years. Now, granted, while I'm praying, I gave lots of stuff away. Shoes, shirts, britches, pocketbooks, jewelry. I gave it away because for a long time, that's all I had. There wasn't money to give away, so I gave what was in my possession. It was my clothes. And y'all, some of them sandals I gave away, they're like alabaster boxes. I like my shoes. I don't like buying them, but I like wearing them. I prayed for 10 years. And God sends somebody in here who is like, my closet is overflowing. Y'all know what that means? That means there's lots of stuff being given away. Not necessarily even because I want to, because I got to. God is increasing me so much to the full till it overflows. This is what you're called to do. You were called to make the world go, who are they? Who's this God they serve? They got so much stuff, they have to give it away. Like, when y'all's tomato vines overflow, I'm just saying. When you give, what's it cause people to do? It causes them to praise the Lord. Like, oh, thank you so much. I was praising the Lord Friday morning for my mater sandwich for breakfast. And you know what I did? I praised the Lord for the person that provided it. Y'all want people to pray for you? Be a giver. I ain't kidding. Look, people that give me the clothes, that's probably one of the most prayed for people in this body. (laughs) Because I get up in the morning, I'm like, hallelujah, I don't even have to think. I'm just like, she bought it, it must look good. I'm going to wear it. Y'all like my earrings? Thank you. She bought them. (laughs) All right. Love does not brag. And it's not arrogant. Y'all, even in what I'm doing now, who am I bragging on? The Lord. You want to brag? Brag on Jesus. I sowed. I prayed. But it was the Lord that heard my prayers and answered them. It was the Lord that put seed in the hands of this person. It's the Lord that prospers you. Now, he'll use you to be the hands and feet. But remember what I said. I don't like fashion. I don't like shopping. If I look good, 
You guarantee, like my outfit looks good, you can guarantee somebody else picked it out. There ain't nothing to brag on about me. But my Jesus, man, he makes me look good. And if I can't do anything of myself, how dumb would I be to be arrogant? Arrogance will keep you in lack. For years, we had our, the church was down here by the community inn. Y'all, it is amazing the amount of pride that is in the homeless. Like, we had people, like, we had our church there, like, glory to God, we're going to be able to minister to the homeless. Y'all know they didn't come and stay very long because the word requires change, right? I don't need to change. I got everything I need. Um, where did you sleep last night when it was 15 degrees? It is pride that will put you and keep you in the dirt. It's pride that put an arrogance that put that prodigal son in the mud. It was the humility that put the ring on his finger. Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. Because without Jesus, we'd be like literally headed for hell. This isn't just an analogy. Literally, we'd be headed for hell without Jesus. We needed him to be saved for that sozo salvation. Things get restored. Things get prospered. Things get redeemed. Things get healed. Things walking in abundance. Things shiny and pretty. Like all of that came from salvation. From him. Humility is love. Love does not act unbecoming. Um, refer back to the behind the wheel message. That's not love. Well, I got places to get. I'm running late for church. I'd rather you walk in here 10 minutes late in love and peace and having been a good example and witness than to be here on time going, <laughs> looking like you sucked on a lemon. Love does not seek its own. Goes back to that nonprofit. Why are you giving? Oh, it just makes me feel so good. So you're giving for yourself. Mm. Let everything that's done be done in love, which means it's done at the leading of the Lord. Because praise be to God who always leads us to triumph, right? So, how awful would it have been for somebody to give food? clothing, shelter to that prodigal son. Because you know at some point or another, he'd have got back in his pride and be like, well, I mean, look where I got me. I got cover and I got food. I got clothes. He'd have been right back in that mud because they gave to him outside of the will of God. But it was love that had them walking past him, leaving him in the mud. That's love. Now, to our flesh, that can be challenging. But many times when I've given outside of love, it's been because it hurt me to see it. I, just, I have to do something. It, just, it hurts me to see that. And the Lord reminded me of that prodigal son and says, do you love them enough to keep walking? It's not comfortable. Nowhere in here does it say love is comfortable. Right? It doesn't seek its own. It doesn't give just to receive. I give knowing I'm going to receive because I know the word and I know my ditty. But I don't give just to receive. 
I give because the word works. And I know when I plant my seed in fertile ground, it's going to be a massive harvest that sends the gospel to the Philippines and to Africa and to Tanzania and to Timbuktu and to the Wally world and to the person that needs Jesus behind the wheel. Like, that's what my seed does. I plant my seed because I want the gospel to go far and wide. I plant my seed because, you know, all of this that you see, lovely stuff, this is a whole lot more than what we started with 14 and a half years ago. But y'all know it didn't just like... Like, none of that happened. Like, it took sowing and reaping and paying some bills and doing some work. Everything we do is done in love, and it's done for the glory of the Lord. Love is not provoked. Again, it's amazing how much a Chevy Malibu can preach an I-85. You can't provoke me. Drive slow. Drive past me and tell me I'm number one with certain fingers. I'll be like, thank you. (laughs) Not provoked. Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Say, I love you, Pastor Mama. You want to hear that one again? I'm going to read it to you. Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Well, I just, mm, I'm not talking to them. You don't know what they did to me. No, but I know what he did for you. I know what you did to him. Every one of those stripes on his back, you and I did that. Every one. That was me and you. And what did he do? He said, I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, the person walking in love doesn't cause offense, right? Yes, ma'am. So if Barrett does something to me that offends me, first of all, it's my choice to take offense. Yes, that is my choice to be like, oh, I can't believe her. Does she know who I am after all I've done for her? That's my choice to take offense. But if she does something to hurt me, that means at some point in time during the process of that, she wasn't walking in love. Because love doesn't provoke. Love doesn't hurt. Well, if she's not walking in love, that means she's walking in deception, correct? So that means every person that's been touched by a moment of stupidity that's hurt us, they were walking in deception. And the art of deception is you don't know you're deceived. So when someone comes up to you and offends you, pushes that button, puts salt on a wound, you need to be like, no problem. Pray for them. Like you need to move yourself to a point of praise for that person because so quickly you start praying for them. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you that they are blessed. I thank you, Father, they walk in love. I thank you, Lord. I can forgive them because they don't know what they do because you forgave me when I didn't know what I was doing. Lord, I call your blessings to be upon that person. Now, I know someone right now is going, oh, mm, I ain't praying blessings on them. I'll forgive them, but I ain't praying blessings on them. How ignorant can we be? 
Do you want them to keep offending you? Do you want them to keep hurting your family? No. Then don't you want them blessed with the wisdom of the Lord? Don't you want them blessed with the provision to be able to contribute to society instead of just suck like a leech? I want them walking in the overflow. So yes, pray blessings for your enemy and pray that they receive them. How awesome would it be to see the the scum of your family restored and lifted up? You don't know my family. No, but I know mine. Everybody's got crazy. I mean, clearly we're not the crazy ones. It's everybody else. (laughs) Don't take into account a wrong suffered. Love forgives big. Love forgives fast. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. They got what they were coming. Yeah, karma sucks, doesn't it? I'm going to pray for you. Don't rejoice in unrighteousness. Rejoice with the truth. Father, bless them. Help me to be a picture of your truth in their life. Love bears all things. I just can't take any more of their stupidity. Yeah, you can. You can bear all things. Because what what does he say about your cares? He says, cast them, right? So that means that heavy burden that's on my shoulders. I'm going to come, hey, diddy. I don't even have words. Lord, you take it. Like, that's what Pastor and I do lots. Remember, ministry's messy. Y'all been casted on the Lord a whole lot because we love you. Just like our pastor cast us on the Lord a whole lot because he loves us. Right? Love believes all things. This is why y'all can come to us with the same issue umpteen gazillion 80 trillion times and we're going to receive you and love you and pray for you and stand with you because we believe in you. Because we believe love, it does it all. Because as you get a revelation of love, you won't be touched with deception and stupidity. You'll be empowered with love and revelation. Love believes all things. Lord, I don't know about these people. I don't know about this situation, but Lord, I know you. You are love and you are able. I will lift them up in prayer and see them victorious. See them restored. Because I believe in you, Lord. I believe in love. Love believes. Love hopes. What is biblical hope? Joyful, confident, expectation. That means we can look at something, we can look at a situation that seems endless, and we can say, today's the day. Today is the day of breakthrough. I know it. I am confident. I'm expecting to see it. Like I'm pulling back the shades because I'm watching. It's coming down my driveway because love hopes. And love endures. 
Lord, whatever you need, I'm your girl. Whatever you need, I'm your guy. Lord, send me. I'll go. I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll talk to the person that nobody wants to talk to. I'll go and hug the person that stinks. I'll go and scrub toilets full of all sorts of stuff. Like we laugh, but why do we laugh at that? We'll do it all for his glory. You know, Pastor messaged Deb and I last night because flights were delayed after delayed and they were just all messed up. And he's like, hey, so I think this may be what we need to do. What do y'all think? And both of us were like, if the Lord said it, do it. Like there wasn't any questions. I don't need to know the details. I just know if the Lord says it, we need to do it. Because love endures all things. Love never fails. You will never once walk in love and be proven a failure. They may not understand it. It may not look momentarily like a victory. But I assure you, the person that walks and stays in love. Remember, he says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Right? The person that stays in love will not fail. It is absolutely physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially impossible. Impossible. Yeah, well, I, tr- I was in love and this happened. Somewhere along the way, you drop love or your story's not done yet. That's the only two answers. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. Y'all know when Jesus returns, I ain't going to need prophecy, right? If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things. See again the Chevy Malibu story. We don't have temper tantrums, right? We don't pitch a fit. I wanted that because we see somebody else get blessed. No, we're adults. But listen, for now, we see in a mirror dimly. Y'all know, y'all can't see the full story right now. It's like, I mean, literally, it's like looking through a pinhole of a wall. There is so much more going on than we ever know. But then, face to face, now I know in part, but then I will know fully just as I have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. That's you. You are the greatest thing in this world. That's you. Because you're God walking through. You're a part of him. I'm not saying like, whoa, I'm God. But I'm saying you are the body of the God that is love. You are his hands and feet. You are his love in action. The greatest of these is love. This world needs you to be who you're called to be. That's why he assigned that 
to be our vision. He said, I need you. First and foremost, Boomerang Church is a house of love. Because it's the greatest thing. Upon that love, everything else hinges. Everything else hinges. Because if you don't know his love, the prayer, the abundance, the glory, the souls, the discipleship, it'll all come to naught. The greatest you can be is love. And you know, sometimes there's stuff that happens and our flesh wants to be the kid. (laughs) I'm just so tired. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Right? Who's been there this week? Right? We've all been there. But when we look to love, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what I need. But I need you. And I know you. And Lord, it feels weary. But I don't walk by my feelings because I know you. And I know your love. And I know it will work out. Because you're love. And love is everything I just read. Lord, you're good. You're kind. You're patient with me when I have these temper tantrums. Lord, you don't provoke. It's easy and light when we walk in that love. So when something doesn't feel easy, when there's people not easy, love them. Love them big. Look, when you want to wash your hands with them, go the farthest distance in the opposite direction. Sow into them. Like we, we had somebody one time that sewed into Pastor, and Pastor, like, glory to God, thank you. And turned around, he goes, yeah, um, they're mad at me. Why? Because they heard this message. When you're mad at somebody, sow into them. Break the back of the enemy. And this person got a hold of that message, and they told us later. They're like, yeah, I was pissed. They're like, eh. But what did they do? They put the word to work. And we laughed, and we received, because we wanted that seed empowered. And we watched them break free, because God's word works, because love never fails. If you're tired of failing... Check your love walk. It's the shortest resolution. If you are tired of failing, failing in finances, how are you giving? Are you giving? I I can't even afford to give. Yeah, you can. I guarantee you, even the homeless have something to give. Look, y'all go to Salisbury. We went to Salisbury the other week with uh, our Texarkana trip. There's this homeless guy that had like three shopping carts full. I'm like, daggone. Full of stuff. Everybody has something to give because the word tells you he gives seed to the sower. He says in Malachi, test me in this. So even if you're just trying to test the Lord, he says when you have a heart to sow, I will put seed in your hand. So if you're tired of failing financially, check your love given. If you're tired of failing in your marriage, are you loving as Christ loved men? Are you honoring as Christ commanded women? 
Love never fails. And this is you. Say, I'm love. The world needs me. Because you don't fail. You absolutely cannot fail. Because you are love. Y'all, we are not going to get to all of my notes. I am 95.5% of my pastor. But let's touch on prayer real quick. Actually, you know what? No. We're not. We're going to stay right here. Sometimes we can get out ahead of God because we want to check our boxes. Look, I'm so excited about the rest of this message. Because God just put it together like it, it was smooth like butter. And it's good. But this right here, this is what all that goodness hinges on. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are love. Thank you, Lord, I am love. Lord, you created me in your image and likeness. You created them in your image and likeness. That means, Lord, what you are, we are. We are people of love. Lord, right now we give ourselves to you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, You are my Lord. I give myself to you. Let your words be my words. Let my heart be your heart. Father, help me to see with your eyes of love. Do with your acts of love. Love big. Love always. Lord, I start by loving you. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Thank you that we are people of love. Lord, renew within us your mind. Lord, we put on the mind of Christ. The mind that despite no wrongdoing, he chose to take on every form of punishment. Jesus, thank you for your love. Jesus, it was your love for us that made you unrecognizable as a man so we could be seen as a child of God, a child of love. Lord, when we were your enemy, you made us love in action. Thank you, Father that it's your love that fueled our existence. It's your love that fueled our restoration. It's your love that fueled our redemption. Thank you, Lord. It's your love that guides our steps because everything that you do, Lord, is in love for me. Everything you do, Lord, is making a way to get your blessings to us. Lord, I pray that today, each and every one of us get a deeper revelation of that love. 
Lord, I pray for a tangibility of that love today. Lord, it's not just here in the building, but you've told us we are a house of love. I can't be something you've not made me. That means to be love, I have to possess it. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the love that is within me. Thank you for the love that flows through me. And Lord, give us a revelation today of your love. Give us a revelation today of your love in us. And Lord, give us the wisdom to know how to walk in it. Not just in the good days, but in the opportunities with the frustrating people with the frustrating situations. Give us the wisdom to walk in love when we're growing weary. Lord, you've called love the greatest. And Lord, I thank you, even as I pray this prayer. Lord, I'm looking at your people, the greatest. That's why America, when it was a Christian nation, it was the greatest because it was founded by men of love, willing to die for what's right. Lord, it's that love that will birth a revival. Lord, ignite that revival of love within each and every one of us today. Ignite that love for souls within us the love that won't stop, the love that'll do whatever it takes. Ignite that love within us. Thank you for it, Father. Now, if you're wanting to commit yourself to a deeper walk of love, the altar is open. But we're not going to rush out of here right now. I cut the message short so we could do plenty of crucifying of the flesh and putting on the garment of love. Today's a day where we should get on our knees and say, Lord, I've not loved you as much as I should have. I've not loved the lost as much as I should have. I repent to you for that. But from this point forward, I will be a vessel of love. That should be the heart of every one of us. Every one of us should be at this altar. Because none of us look like Jesus yet. But we're created in his image and likeness. Let the world look at us and see him. Let the world look at us and see a love that breaks the back of bondages. Let the world look at us and see a love that ignites hope in the hopeless situations. Let our families look at us and see a love that never gives up on them. Let the person that's ready to kill themselves look at us and see a love 
that gives them a reason to hope again. Let those in despair look at us and see the love that ignites joy. Father, I pray that we would look so much like your love that when they look at us, Lord, they see you. Lord, I want people to see less and less of Nicole and more and more of God. Lord, right now, I commit today to renew my mind to your words, to renew my mind to your love. Lord, I crucify the flesh and stir within me the love that is you. Lord, it's in you I live, in you I move, in you I have my being. And if you are love, Lord, it's in love I live, it's in love I move, it's in love that I have my being. It's in love that I am able to be patient. It's in love that I am able to hope. It's in love that I am victorious. Lord, I thank you that you've given us the opportunity now to stir that love and ignite its fire within us again.
you feel the tangibility of that love? He is so good. We will never be who we're called to be without that revelation. We are loved and we are love. This world needs you. You are love in action. We've seen what happens in the American church when we sideline love. This world needs you. There's plenty of fivefold ministries, but this world needs ministries that's full of people who without a label will label themselves. I'm love. I'm love. You are ordained love and action. He has ordained you today as an ambassador of love. You are ordained to be the love this world needs. The love that changes the face of the church. The world needs you. You've sat quiet long enough. You've sat insecure long enough. You've just sat lazy long enough. I've been all of them. But today's the day that we say, my time has come. I've studied. I've exercised. But today's the day I step into being who I'm called to be. We can talk about it all day long. I, can, I talked about you for an hour and a half. Amen. Now let me see you. Amen. Let the world see you. Who we read, yes, it's, it's God. But that's you. You are what this world needs. You are what I need. You are what you need. Yeah. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that never again can we say we didn't know. Lord, we know today we are love. The love that never fails. Lord, our lives will never look the same again. Because when opportunities come our way, when people come our way, we're going to remember, I'm love. I do what love does. I say what love says. I think what love thinks. I am patient. I am kind. Lord, I am love because I am in you. Lord, I thank you that from this day forward, the house of Boomerang is a house of love. Thank you, Father, that you have made us love in action. We will never go back. In Jesus' name, amen.